Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla, the Mama Bird here at Little Bird Marketing, and I have another repeat guest on with me. I'm so happy to have another fellow Women in Research Exec Committee uh, member, one of my sisters, part of my tribe, however you want to put it. Katrina Noel is from No Research. They are a full-service insights consultancy specializing in designing custom qualitative insights. And she has done this for a long time, but let me just tell you, she understands brands and she understands how to bring people to the table to have the real meaty conversation. So we're going to talk with her about what happened during COVID and also kind of what's next. So welcome back to the show, Katrina. Thanks so much for having me back. Yeah, I always get to have people back who are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's my show. It's my show. This is what we get to do. So, um, well, I'm going to dive right in because we are really trying to really unwrap what happened during COVID and what is in a lot of ways still happening to all of us. So I'm going to ask the question that so many are afraid to ask, and that is, why are so many people doing COVID research? Like, it feels like uh, we all got inundated. Maybe everybody got shocked first, then it was inundation, and then it was webinars all over the place. So tell me about this phenomena of all of the market researchers jumping in and doing COVID-based research. Yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was like a deluge, right? And <laughs> I, I feel like there was almost like an industry pressure. Like, if you're not producing something, like, where is your study? <laughs> COVID. I'll um, show you my study honestly, if you show me yours. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, you know, and I think um, I actually, that it was because I was explaining this to my parents that I sort of realized what was going on. Because they said, well, are you busy? And I was like, well, you know, not really. My clients are kind of shell-shocked. So, so we're we're kind of in this pause mode, but no, my team is really busy, and they were, they just weren't understanding that. And I said, well, you have to understand, we're an industry and a company of curious people. Mm-hmm. Like we are interested in people and how the world world works during this like most fascinating of times. Right. Right. So we can't stop ourselves, but figure out what's going on and start asking questions. And so I just, I think I really think a lot of that happened to the industry, right? This moment in time is happening and we just are innately curious about how people are living through it, handling it, dealing with it, coming up for solutions within it. Um, It was just an, it is an amazingly rich time to kind of tap into what's going on. And I think that a lot of um, the work that we um, did and are doing is related to that. Just our innate curiosity of, you know, we know these people in these categories, but what, how are they handling it now? What is happening? Well, brands are coming to you for answers because they need to adapt their plans. And so I find it interesting that you uh, partnered up with another good friend of mine, Lila Koski, over at Logica, and um, your COVID studies went a little bit of a different direction. You know, first of all, I'd like to tell you that I thought that was an incredibly interesting approach. I, I found it incredibly helpful, first of all. So tell everybody why you partnered with Logica and what where the study went. What, what actually happened? Yeah, it was an amazing opportunity for myself and the team at No. It was actually an invitation from Logica to partner with them on this round. They have been running this Future of Money study for a few years now. 
And, um, you know, it's, it's a chance to kind of tap into what what Americans are thinking, doing, planning, um, using, needing, spending, <laughs> saving, et cetera. So it was, it's really kind of a, a glimpse of what the financial lives of people look like on an ongoing basis. And Lila and I were, um, actually, we were, we were drinking lemonade together when you could. <laughs> so I think that was February. And um, Lila mentioned that it would be amazing to have a qualitative component to the study. And so we had originally, when we sat down, we originally talked about focusing on Gen Z um, because pre-COVID that was kind of, you know, the hot button point of emphasis. Um, but we pivoted very quickly and switched that emphasis to kind of what is happening sort of pre and post uh, initial COVID phase. So the research ended up, the field work ended up happening in early April. And we were able to really pick a time where people were dealing with the transition. It was kind of right before people got stimulus checks. Um, as downsizing, our cutting, furloughing was happening a kind of live so in addition to uh, the quant tracking study that actually you know, got um, very personalized for that time period as well, our team was able to run some interviews, which were actually done as dyads. So we did friend pairs, we did parent-children pairs um, across the country and talked to people about how their mindset around their financial world was shifting. <laughs> and morphing and changing. And it was it was a wild ride, but it was just Painful. fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So what were some of the interesting things that came up or what, you know, what were some moments that really took you by surprise or by wonder? Well, I mean, there's, there is this amazing thing that happened in the spring of 2020, where families were stuck in houses together. <laughs> right. And there's something about that intergenerational Petri dish. Yes. And a lot of interesting, we heard a lot of really interesting stories come out of that as kids came home from college. And from a financial perspective, there was a lot of kind of teaching between generations of how digital payment solutions work, how, um, you know, what is Venmo and how do I use it? <laughs> Things like that, that were happening um, during this time. So we really, and, and that was at a time where retail payments were shifting in the world as well, a lot, you know, out of necessity as business kind of businesses pivoted to see how they could take payments from people. Right. We just hit it at this time to have this conversation of understanding how retail spending was changing and how people's figuring out different ways to go digitally financially was happening. Oh it was gosh. just, it was a super interesting moment to hear. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because we can all reflect on it on our own lives. I will say that when we started going through the lockdown. I did keep a daily diary because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to remember what I thought in this moment. I mean, this is a 9-11, a moon landing, a challenger moment, you know, in history that we're going to reflect yeah. on. And I'm going to tell the story differently if I don't write it down and remember what did I really feel at that moment? Because you can't put yourself back in it. So it's really great that you guys were doing the research at the time that everything was so in flux. Everything was so massively unknown. And I'm, you know, we don't have it completely resolved by any means. But that initial very big shock and pain is amazing. But just as a funny side story, talk about like teaching your kids about, you know, some of these, you know, uh, financial, you know, realities and also uh, tools is that, you know, here I'm in lockdown, my youngest is 11, and he wanted to play D&D. &D, and, you know, there was a young guy that we knew who was out of work, and, and he loves playing D&D. &D. And so I just, you know, then mowed him some money and said, 
hey, can you get on the line and be the dungeon master for me, my husband, and my 11-year-old son because we're bored out of our minds. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like such an <laughs> I interesting, I know it's just like as an anthropologist and as a, you know, as a market researcher, it's just like interesting that, you know, it, it is, we are so curious. We want to know how are, how are, you know, humans reacting? How are they interacting? And that's such a tiny little view. But then you took that and you saw that in, you know, in group, in pairs, around the around the nation at a time when all of us were really pretty much just busy trying to manage our own worlds. And I thought it was it was just it was so interesting to see how fast things changed. I I mean I'm not I'm going to be careful about saying ever, mm-hmm. but rarely <laughs> been presenting results of a study 3 weeks later and have it felt outdated. Oh wow. Yeah, so Lila hard. and I were running these webinars and we were presenting this information and people would say, well, so what's happened since or how is it different now? And we're like, you're right. It feels like a year later. So we went back to our participants and we went back and checked in with them. And we're that like, so what's awesome. happened since we talked to you a month ago? Yeah. Um, and it's so, I think it's really something to keep in mind when you're doing research now is that the time frames. And people's shifting needs and mindsets are happening at a pace that we may not have seen before. Right. And so it was so, it, it, we just, we were like, okay, let's get back in touch with them. How are you guys doing? What's changed? You know, what's increased, decreased in your life? Where are you right now? Mm-hmm. And now we're, be, we're able to tell the kind of second chapter of the story as well. Um, and that's something that both Lila and I have talked a lot about, about talking to our clients about. You know, maybe it's it's more often smaller check-ins now Mm. because things are shifting so quickly. Mm, I love that idea. Let's take a short break. Teams are getting smaller, but you still have to get your research in field. If only you could partner with a global expert to be an extension of your team without the extra overhead. Look no further. Gazelle Global provides the ad hoc services you need when you need them. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how we can handle global sampling, field management, data collection, and more. Our team is ready to lend our expertise to complete projects to your specification. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. The interesting depth that looking at these things from a financial perspective brings is actually really riveting to me because very few things in, you know, in life rock so many people financially at the same moment. I don't know, you know, I hope we never see that again, but very few things ever happen like that. And you see it happen regionally, maybe with a disaster or you see a flood or a tornado or something like that. And those things happen regionally. But what's going to happen next with clients? Because you're saying that, you know, the three weeks almost feels outdated. You got to go back and do some other touches. But brands are coming to you. And what are they asking? What are the big things that, that you know, everybody from, you know, banks and CPG and why do they need this research that you and Lila are doing? Well, I think when things are shifting quickly and people's choices and how they're making those choices are in turn shifting quickly. Brands are just hungry for information, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that the good news that, um, and the other conversation we're having with brands about now, especially in the financial services space, is people are able and ready to talk about it in a way that they may not have been able to or wanted to before. We've noticed kind of the taboo slip away from talking about things like spending investing. 
Yeah, because if you contrast this to 2008, there was a lot of kind of guilt, shame. If if you were in crisis mode, you know, there was a little bit of fault that people were feeling for themselves, not managing their money correctly, or like, why did this happen to me? But with COVID, it's happening to everyone. So there's a certain ability to talk about what's happening to you financially, because you know, everyone is being affected. Mm. And it's all over the news. The economy is in the news, like it may not have been much before. (laughs) And so those kind of contributing factors really make it a great time for brands to talk to people. And this is not necessarily just financial services brands, because if we talk about finances, that's everything you choose to purchase (laughs) product (laughs) services, you know, everything for your life. Um, And so that dialogue is really shifting and changing. And I think the brands that are most excited about doing research right now really want to tap into that and hear that transition. Mm-hmm. and hear how it affects their category. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, for sure. And uh, so, you know, before you guys started on this interesting piece of it, I was following uh, Logica's Future of Money. And there was a really interesting fact that came out that even rocked my world, even though it's not directly connected to me, but it really helped me frame an understanding of my employees and potential future employees. So I want to kind of circle back to that idea of what you were talking about, like maybe Gen Z was an, an interesting issue. But here's what, what I read. She talked about the boom in the gig economy. Right. And it was such Mm -hmm. a great I remember going on LinkedIn and actually like, you know, taking a quote from her study and saying, everybody needs to read this piece. This is really powerful to understand, you know, how and I'm not going to use kids these days, but because it's not kids these days, it was about how the gig economy is not Gen Z. It is like how it has permeated, you know, all of the adult spectrum. So in light of that. Was there anything that you found when you guys started doing this in the middle of COVID that came up about the gig economy? Because we did have issues where people feel very much less stable and secure if they were involved in the gig economy, because now we're not using financial mechanisms or pushing levers that really help people in the gig economy. Did did you have anything emerge about that? Yeah, I think um, it's very interesting because a lot, I mean, whether you consider this a gig or not, when we were talking to those college students whose, you know, campus jobs were over, they were coming back to retail jobs. Those aren't happening this summer, right? I think there, there was this sort of shift of what components you can draw on in the gig economy, right? Mm-hmm. So actually your story about the neighbor and the video game mm-hmm. <laughs> is not an isolated incident. People are kind of having to widen the scope of what they think a gig is um, and and really pivoting business models and figuring out what skills do I have and how can I offer them now? I mean, we've all seen this with, you know, bars doing mixology Zoom sessions and, (laughs) um, you know, uh, yoga online, all of this kind of stuff. So I think it's more, it's just, it's a call to be more inventive. Um, And of course, there's a lot of sad stories uh, related to this where some things really do necessitate being in person and that, you know, people are kind of renegotiating on a very personal level how to um, how to run their lives if their business is is very physically driven, right? Mm-hmm. You know, ride share services and massage therapists and things like that, right? But I think for most people who are putting together their income by a, a collection of gigs, honestly, they're pretty inventive 
innovative people already, right? Right? So like if they've been structuring their life that way, they really kind of, what we saw was taking, re-looking at that and saying, okay, what are my options now? How do I pull together, you know, my, my new gigs or my digital gigs? What's that going to look like? Right. So interesting. Okay. People got to read this report. So how, how can they find (laughs) you? How can they reach you and, and learn more about what uh, No Research and Logica found out? Well, we're very, we're both very findable. Um, and uh, Logica has uh, the ebook, the downloadable ebook available um, on their homepage, which is logicaresearch.com. And then you can go to the future of money section and download that ebook. Um, you, our uh, white paper and blog that we wrote about it on the No Research side is available at noresearch.com on our blog. And that's really, um, we put together our thoughts really about having financial conversations with consumers this spring. So it was drawn on a few projects that we did both for clients and, um, and the study. And also um, we've tried to tag everything with hashtag future of money. So that's something to watch as well. Oh, I love that. Okay. And just for everybody who doesn't know Katrina already, it's no research, K N O W research.com. And then Logica is just L O G I C A research.com. Um, I do connect with them on LinkedIn all the time, but I get to see them every once in a while and I can't wait to get to see you again. But before we go as a, just a thanks for being on the show and telling us about the, what's going on with people and their finances. Um, so tell us where you're going with no research next. And a lot of people don't realize that you're also a co-founder of Scoot Insights. That's S-C-O-O-T insights.com. And you guys have this trademarked Scoot Sprint approach and it helps decision makers choose the right direction, you know, when, when they're faced with a, with a wicked challenge. So tell people what's going on next with no research and Scoot Insights. Where, where are you headed? Okay. First of all, I think, I hope Janet's listening and wrote that down. We need to steal that tagline. (laughs) (laughs) What was it? Wicked Challenges? Uh, Yeah, I I guess I could go, we could go back and listen, Katrina. That's awesome. (laughs) It's my Um, show. I get to make stuff up. (laughs) uh, We're borrowing it. I love it. so, yes, um, actually, that's been kind of an interesting story as well, because at Scoot Insights, we really pivoted from being um, a consumer insights driven company, you know, doing research studies and field work and all of that stuff to really changing the mission of the company, which is now about helping decision makers make those big, hairy decisions. Uh, now, that's fueled by customer insights and voice of the customer work, but really the emphasis is on, do you have a really hard decision to make that's very crucial to your brand? Let us scoot in, scoot out, and help you make that decision. So I think that approach, um, if you forgive the scooting term, is full speed ahead (laughs) these days um, because there's more and more of the decisions that brands need to make. And as I mentioned earlier, um, this is you know kind of my usual refrain is that things are speeding up, right? right? And so you need to be able to move efficiently and effectively and be able to kind of make a series of decisions in real time. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we on the Scoot Insight side are doing with our sprints is really tackling those challenges along the way. And um, again, same same refrain, doing you know shorter, smaller, more uh, more frequent sessions Mm -hmm. so that those business decisions can be made in real time along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually think that's a pretty big shift for the future, right? Right. Those big, huge research projects that are exploratory and then are validated and then you're sent away with your campaign for the next few years. Uh, Me personally, at at my companies, we're seeing much... um, 
much more kind of rapid fire, ongoing iterative decisions mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. being made by companies. And so we're trying to, you know, we're trying to keep up right, right. <laughs> and help well, them like, out along the way. I like that iterative decisions because that means you're constantly asking a great question. And, you know, I know Scoot has other meeting there, but to me, like right now, I kind of feel like there's a great thought of Scoot just being like, let me scoot in real quick. Let me hear very – I love what you said about how people are being a lot more candid. There's less taboo. There's, you know, less shame around things that they typically find very hard to talk to. So for those who are listening, there are really powerful stories to be heard right now. I, I love that. I love that idea. Well, I also want to give a shout out to Janet Standen, who's your partner, your other co-founder at Scoot. She's a wonderful lady, an amazingly curious um, investigative researcher. Um, talk about qualitative, you know, to the T. So um, you can find her on LinkedIn as well. And um, I don't know why I haven't had her on the show. So we're going to have to talk to her pretty soon. But Katrina, thank you so much for coming on and shedding a little bit of light on the big whys around COVID research and how it can help brands. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. From all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.